GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ and I am joined. I'm just going to get right into it because this episode has been a long time coming. Uh, <laughs> we got Hovercraft Joe here. What's up? We got the Sphinx here. What up? Oh, already, already <laughs> unhappy. Uh, and we have returning uh, uh, show friend, what, what, what uh, uh, friend of the podcast, friend AJ's of the podcast. here. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It is an honor and a privilege, and it's good to see you guys. And yeah, I'm just glad to be here. It's good so to see you, you as well. Call up. Absolutely. Thanks, I Absolutely. That. I like that, like, I could call you on short notice, and you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> you're d- like, yeah, man. I'm around, man. Happy to do it. Happy to hang out with some good dudes and talk about movies. It's it's a pleasure, man, for sure. Yeah, you're you're definitely one of our go-to pinch hitters. You or the Tush, and the Tush was unavailable, so we we made it work. Which but, I'm uh, okay with for this for what, the show. What was the <laughs> is the Tush too busy trying to figure out how to use the three seashells? <laughs> well, the crazy thing was that the Tush would have loved this movie. There was lots of Tush in it. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so we are talking about, so, like I said, this has been a long time coming. This movie, getting this movie on this podcast has been the bane of my existence. And finally, I just said, F it. This is what we're doing. And, uh, well, I mean, we kind of collectively said that. But uh, it's Demolition Man. Uh, <laughs> Stallone, Snipes, we are finally, finally doing demolition man so so big on this movie i mean me too but also lpj is that we had like an internal debate about whether or not this was going to be episode 150 like that's that's where we're at like we we had a debate but i uh i'll save our reasonings for not till you know i don't want to spoil the ending of this episode but uh but yeah no i i feel like there's been a lot of start stops on this we've almost done it we talked about doing it uh and then finally i don't know what episode we're on now but we finally finally got to it so it, it has been a long time in the making yeah this is episode like 156 i think okay so it took a while but, but we're there um okay congratulations well done guys <laughs> oh thank you thanks yeah so i, I guess we're not yeah. we're not quitters like some other podcasts on this network. <laughs> oh shots <laughs> fired. several shots you could you could put that on multiple shows right now <laughs> <laughs> uh, so okay, let's 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 get into our background of this movie. Uh, LBJ, you you seem to be the strongest uh, the voice on this. Why don't you get into your background? Man, I well, what, what we want to talk about when it came out? Oh, okay, it came out. Uh, release date is October eighth, nineteen ninety three, for Demolition Man. Right. Um, I don't think I went and saw this in the theater. <laughs> I can't imagine that I would have at thirteen. Well, although I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe we saw this at the terrace, or I saw it at the terrace. I, I did not see this in the theaters. I know that for sure. Yeah, I don't remember if I did or not. I know for sure I rented it as soon as I could um, and watched it, and we eventually named a uh, bowling team after it. Uh, we had a bowling, we were in a bowling league, me and Joe and, and Jody and a couple other people, and uh, our team was called the Demolition Men, and it was named That's after right. this movie. 
That's correct. 100%. And I've seen it multiple times since then. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm the same with you. I feel like probably the first viewing is with you, and like I've seen this movie a ton, and there was like there was like a real renaissance I had with this movie like five or six years ago, where I feel like it was on TV all the time, and I was just constantly watching it. And I was really into like just watching this movie, so I've seen it a ton. Um, yeah, that's that's me. Uh, AJ, can I ask a question? Yeah, yeah. Man, what 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 channel? was playing demolition man on the regular <laughs> i i feel like it was it was weird it was on all kinds of weird channels like it'd be like remember g4 it'd be like oh g4 is showing like it was just on random channels i remember I being on why. tnt quite a bit yeah it was weird it was weird it was on and i i think i might have had like a pay channel at the time like hbo and it was like they were showing it too so i watched it a lot okay can i ask questions about sly and wesley or do we save that for later <laughs> i don't care you ask whatever you want like action movie star tier list, like what tier does Wesley fall into? Oh, see, mm, we that's are a good question. We are Wesley Snipes apolog, not even apologists. We love Wesley Snipes on this on this show. So, especially, I love him in this. Um, what? Oh yeah, <laughs> he's <laughs> up there. He's up Sphin- there with. Uh, Sphinx is desperately already trying not to put his cards on the table for this movie. Like he is like visibly like wants to just like I can see him holding all this rage in already. Why? Why do you I, still do the show? I <laughs> so wait, after after the back to back weeks you've given me here, I don't know. <laughs> I I have a good answer on Wes Wesley Snipes is like a tier two, possibly tier three action star for me. Like, I'm not a big Blade fan, and I know that that's where those two probably love him more than anything else. What about Passenger 57? That movie was great. (laughs) That movie was great, which is why he's even on a two level. So that's about as far as I'll go. Can I get letters, like, to illustrate it in my mind? If it's, like, like like an A to F scale. I I would say, in my mind, if, like, Schwarzenegger and Stallone and, like, Van Damme are, like, the A level, like, guys you think of, I'd say Snipes is a B to me. Yeah, okay. I, that's that's fair. I put him. I agree bottle. with that too. Actually, yeah. okay, I, that, cool, that's cool. where I, that's where I would put him in my mind because he, he I think he does. Uh, I mean, I think Wesley Snipes has a uh, a big catalog of movies that he headlines that I'm just not familiar with. Like he, I think, and he's done a lot of movies that are not traditional action movies that he's very good in as well. Stuff like I love him in Major League. Yeah, great in Major League. <laughs> great in um, White Men Can't Jump. Great in. Um, uh oh um I can't think Money of Train. No. <laughs> it's the Michael Crichton movie with him and Sean Connery. Oh, uh, Rising Sun. Rising Sun. He's great in Rising Sun. Um he's good in, he's good in, in pretty much everything he does, but they're not always action films. Hey, remember when Wesley Snipes liked our post of uh Passenger was it oh, Blade, Blade or it Passenger Blade. 50? Blade. Yeah. It was Blade, yeah. yeah. That was like, the that'll be one of the all-time crowning achievements of this podcast no matter what happens definitely the Uh, biggest star ever to respond to our show in any way yeah that's true but uh anyway circling circling back aj what what is your background of you with this movie seen it before familiar with it or man it um it was so much not what i expected you know and it's another one of those things of like being in like that like movie realm you know, like that movie atmosphere. And so there's some things that you definitely hear about. And so like Demolition Man, like absolutely like had heard of it, could have told you that Snipes was there, could have told you that Sly was there. But like 
and I don't know if it's like a spoiler, but like for the rest of the cast, there were a lot of faces and I had no idea that I was going to see him, you know? Uh-huh. And then so, the, tone, so the-, the tone of the film, no clue. Going off the title of like Demolition Man and like Sly and Wesley, and in my mind, it was like them like versus each other. I definitely didn't expect the setting and the tone overall to be anything of what I got, you know? So, so you've uh, never seen this. So this is your first viewing, yeah. It was a hundred percent my first viewing, and I was uh, very surprised by what I got. Oh, I, I love I just, this. This it makes wasn't me what happy. I expected. Uh, what now? What about what about you, Sphinx? AJ and I are on point on this. I knew <laughs> this movie existed. This was my first watch, and this was nothing that I expected. And I did not know there were as many people in this movie as there was. So, oh yeah, this movie came out of fucking nowhere. Once I started watching it, I'm like. What the hell is what? <laughs> what is happening? Is uh, pretty much how I existed throughout this watch. Oh, I'm super excited for this now. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's run through the numbers on this. Uh, budget on Demolition Man is 57 million dollars. Uh, domestic gross is 58 million dollars. But worldwide, 159 million. So actually, ends up making a decent profit. If you count all the worldwide uh, um, box office receipts, Rotten Tomatoes on this sixty percent, audience score sixty six percent. So okay, okay, I can see that. Now, top grossing movies of nineteen ninety three. We oh, go ahead before I get to it. Can, can I guess what they might have been? Yes. Top grossing movies of nineteen ninety three. Absolutely. Well, because well, like ninety three is huge for Spielberg because he did Schindler's List and he did Jurassic Park, right? And those are both ninety three joints. Yep. Yes. Are either of those like near the top? Jurassic Park is number one covered nice. on this podcast. So nice. do you have do you have any thoughts on number two or three? Number three is a movie done on this podcast. Number two is a comedy that we will never do on this podcast. <laughs> I'm I'm not gonna hold us up, you know, so I'm not gonna try and play the guessing game, but I'm I'm glad I got Jurassic Park. <laughs> uh number two is Mrs. Doubtfire, and number okay. three is the fugitive. Uh, uh, James Bond is uh, in Mrs. Doubtfire. That's that could be a laugh action episode. <laughs> this this <laughs> maybe this movie Demolition Man came in 18th for the year in the domestic box office. Other movies that we have covered on this podcast besides Jurassic Park and The Fugitive are number 10 Cliffhanger, another Sylvester Stallone movie. Uh, number 26 Last Action Hero. Number 49 Hard Target. Number 56, Loaded Weapon 1, and the criminally undervalued number 139, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Yep. So, another, I feel like these, like, like late 80s, early 90s is really our wheelhouse for hitting movies on this podcast. Like, I feel like when we get into those years, it's always a lot of movies we've covered. And another year where there is a wide spectrum of quality of movie that we've done on the show thus far. Like, from Jurassic Park and The Fugitive to Loaded Weapon 1. <laughs> like, there's quite a difference there. It, it gives me another question. Yeah. Like, when's Peak Sly? Like, is Peak Sly, like, when it's, like, Rocky's taking question. Off, Or is Peak Sly, like, the 90s when it's, like, you just gave us you know, like the top of the box office and he's like in the mix there. Like I was going to say, know? he's super busy at this time, obviously. And he looks great, right? I mean, I'm, he oh, did yeah. look he's good. Himself, but like, yeah, I feel like Demolition Man Sly was like, Sly, look, you look good, man. 93 Sly, you look good, man. 
<laughs> I I think I would say his peak is probably early '80s when he's got Rambo starting and he's still into the 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 OG Rocky, Rocky movies. Yeah. yeah, that would be my bet. But this this early '90s period, I would say, is probably his second. I yeah, I think I think I think this is more of like a kind of like a comeback movie for him. Almost yeah, like this and Cliffhanger are more I agree. of like a more of like a resurgence for Sly. So. I think this is maybe like the second like peak of his career. Yeah, because like, and, and it's weird 90s. he's having like another peak now almost with yeah. his uh, with his voice work. Well, I was gonna say too, just you know, he's back with Rocky and he's back with Rambo. Yeah. Even though Hovercraft Joe, you saw the new Rambo movie and you said it was pretty rough, but yeah, it was not great. Uh, but and, um, and he's an expendable too, isn't he? And and yeah, yeah and the Expendables just got their fourth one greenlit, yep. right? Yeah, they just, they just announced recently. Yeah, they just announced this week, or not this week as of when you're listening to it, but as we're recording, that they greenlit the uh, fourth one. It's going to have Tony Jaa in it, so I'm yep. excited about that. Although the kind of the general synopsis is he's taking more of a backseat in it, and it's going to be more of a Jason Statham movie than anything. That's fine. I love me some Jason Statham. Oh, I agree. Um, okay, let's let's talk about the cast of Demolition Man. We've mentioned Sylvester Stallone playing John Spartan. We mes- mentioned Wesley Snipes playing Simon Phoenix. Uh, you also have is this like I mean this is early Sandra Bullock, right? Like it's before playing, Speed, yeah, it's pre-speed. So it's got to be one of her very first roles. She's playing Lee Le- 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 Leona. Uh, really? Oh gosh, that's not Le- okay. No. Leona Huxley. Le- no, yeah, it's uh, Lenina Huxley. Sorry. Lenina Huxley. Okay, thank you. Um, other people you might recognize: uh, Dennis Leary uh, playing Edgar Friendly, yep. uh, Benjamin Bratt. Benjamin Bratt citing in this is Alfredo Garcia. Um, Which this must be how him and Bullock got together for Miss Congeniality, right? <laughs> Which that is that is a laugh action podcast possibility. I actually, never, that's that's a very I've, good movie. I've never seen it, so um, really. Yeah, I've never seen it. Um, the okay. only other, I mean, like, I'm sure you guys are going to get into this. Uh, Rob Schneider has a small role Ugh, in this. Yeah. Which two years later, he would go to be a co star in Judge Dredd. So. Well, this is where him and Stallone met and became friends. Okay. Um, who, uh, Jack, what else? Jack Black. Yeah, Jack yeah, Black Jack, has a small role. <laughs> Jack Black has a very small role in this. Yeah, uh, Dan Cortez of MTV oh, fame is in this. He's the lounge that's singer. Right. That's right. Uh, Jesse Ventura's in this, and he has like a tiny role. The body. Yep. Uh, Glenn Shaddix is Bob, who is also in uh, Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. That's uh-huh. that's, that's... Uh, S- Steve Cahan is in this. He was just in the movie we did um, with Predator Two, yep. but he's the he's the chief of Lethal Weapon. He yep. also makes a little cameo here. As does the movie franchise Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, Bob Gutton is in this. Bob Gutton is in yeah. um, all kinds of different things. He's uh, he's the owl in the Daredevil series. He's in uh, Shawshank Redemption. He's in Shawshank. He's the, he's the warden. Yep. Who is he in this? He's um. He's the he's like the chief. Yeah. He's oh, like the, the police, police chief. chief. Yeah. Oh, with, okay. He's like totally bald with the glasses. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he yeah. was unnecessarily a dick throughout this whole movie. Oh yeah, yes. totally. Uh, um, anybody else you want to mention? No, I'm good. Okay, net worth. Oh, Bill gotta... Cobbs, the old black guy. He's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, Bill Cobbs in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay, net worth. I got a I got a number of net worths. Let's run through them. Oh, Benjamin... hold on. there is one person I do want to bring up 
from the okay. from the crew. Did you see who the first assistant director was? No, I did not. See oh, you that. didn't. Uh, no. It's Louis Desposito. Louis Desposito, who is like Kevin Feige's right hand man, yeah, who produces yeah, yeah. all of Marvel stuff. Yeah. Yeah, his name's in like every credit of a Marvel movie. Every credit anywhere on Marvel. Yeah. So he's doing uh, okay for himself. Oh yeah. Well, and then you know Joe Silver produced this Joe film Silver as well. He might yeah. as well bring that up. Oh, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe Silver is a old friend of the podcast, I guess you would say. Absolutely. Uh, okay, so let's do some net worths. I got a number here. Let's bust through them. Uh, let's start off with Benjamin Bratt. Uh, Sphinx, what do you think for Benjamin Bratt? Um, I feel like I see him in stuff. Like, was he in Law and Order? Does that sound think, familiar? Yeah, I think it was Law and Order. He was on one of those right. shows. Yeah. So I'll say he's got $25 million. All right. LPJ, what do you think about uh, Benjamin Bratt? $10 million. Uh, AJ? I'll take uh, I'll take the middle ground. I'll go 15 Uh, $12 million for Benjamin Bratt. So right. it's a middle ground. Uh, Dennis Leary. Uh, he's got that sweet, sweet rescue me money. What do you guys think for Dennis Leary? Let's start with AJ on this one. What do you think for Dennis Leary? Was Dennis Leary like huge for MTV? Was that like a thing? Yeah, he was a big for MTV. He was a big stand-up comedian. Um, basically, that whole rant that he has. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you were playing around and making a ton of noise. Oh, it was? Oh, sorry. Yes. My apologies. I had to fix something on my mic here. Uh, so did you hear the part where I was talking about Dennis Leary? Sort of. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I could hear you. All right. I saw Sphinx's yes, Dennis Leary was worried. big on MTV, big stand-up comedian. The whole rant that he had is sort of his whole stand-up comedy shtick that he did. Oh, you mean when the movie stops for like three minutes so he can do part of his stand-up routine? Yeah, exactly. God. So yeah, he was big at the time. Yeah. So, what do you think for uh, Dennis Leary, AJ? Like, let's go. Okay. So, I feel like considering the MTV stuff and considering like what LPJ just broke down for me, it would be higher than I expect. And like okay. you mentioned, like the rescue me cash. Once again, it's hard for me to ballpark it. I'll I'll say a clean hundred. I'm probably overshooting, but I'll say a clean hundred. Okay. LPJ. I'll say I'm gonna say twenty five because I don't think he made that much. Okay. Sphinx. I was going to go a little higher. I'll say like thirty-five, thirty million dollars right. for uh, Dennis. I, I was real high on our boy Leary. <laughs> <laughs> I was overestimating that MTV cash from back in the day. <laughs> All right, uh, LPJ. Let's start with uh, Sandra Bullock. Ooh, she's, she's got that. She she's got, got that sweet. She got that sweet, sweet hope floats money. What do you think? I remember she was doing pretty well for herself. I'm going to go. I'm going to go one forty. Okay, uh, Sphinx. That sweet, sweet gravity money. Uh, I'll go with, I'll sell like a hundred mil. Okay. What about you, AJ? I'm gonna keep my trend of going high, and I'm gonna say two hundred. Two hundred and fifty million dollars. Holy Sandra shit! Bullock. Yeah, doing. She's one probably the highest female actor we've ever talked about, right? Uh, In terms of net worth, maybe, maybe Halle Berry, but I don't Halle think Halle Berry's got that much. I don't know. Maybe that's a good question. Um, no. Okay, Wesley Snipes, Sphinx. What do you think about Wesley Snipes? <laughs> I, I mean, we've done them, but I, you know, I, hard to say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, 
it, it's a it's a widely known uh part of this right? uh, podcast that no one remembers anyone who we've covered before so don't worry about it and he's got a past so i think he's probably only 10 million okay uh aj what do you think for wesley snipes I'm going to keep him not trying to trying to aim high. I want to be optimistic about Wesley. I'm going to say like for Gallo walkers or whatever it was in like 2010 or 2012. Or <laughs> wow. He's got like a huge bag. Deep so cut. Gonna... <laughs> is, is, is that a deep, deep cut? You win. Is that you win cut? the deep cut award. I can't top that. I can't. Uh, I, was I, can't really, I was really, I was really expecting a sweet, sweet. Could you, can you do us a favor though, AJ, and say he's got that sweet, sweet Gallo Walker's money? I mean, okay, so like the estimate I'm going to give, he's got that sweet, sweet Gallo Walker's money. I'm, how's that? How's that for delivery? That was perfect. 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 That's okay, brilliant. Yeah, okay. Okay. I'm glad. Um, so I'm, I'm going to bump it up and I'll go I'll, 60. I'll say 60. Okay. Man, that's, uh, what, 60 I actually, million. that's what I was going to say. Uh, LPJ? All right. I'm going to go. Sixty million and one dollar. You know what's crazy? Uh, it is ten million on the <laughs> new. I'm too much of an optimist, man. I'm too much of an optimist. Uh, I shouldn't I be. La- I shouldn't be laughing that I nailed that number, but that was that's kind of. He fun. said ten million. I also be like, he got it. Just no guesses needed. Uh, that's then- why he liked our. That's why he liked our Instagram post. He was hoping he was going to get some money out. He might sue us. Uh, and then finally, someone we've covered many times, Mister Sylvester Stallone, LPJ. What do you think for Sylvester Stallone? I remember him doing real well. I'm going to go three sixty. Well, will you give us a sweet, sweet? He's got something? that. He's got that sweet, sweet. Uh, what's obscure? <laughs> He's got that sweet, sweet uh, tango and cash money. Oh, okay. uh, right. What do you say? That's all then? I got. 360. Okay. Uh, AJ, what do you think for Sylvester Stallone? I, I got the trend going of trying to be optimistic for people, even though I was wrong about Wesley. I'm not going to let that derail me. I like how you're <laughs> like, I got to be optimistic for all these rich movie stars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These, su- these super elite, these super elite human beings that are at the top of the top. Uh, I'll go 400. I'll go a clean four. Okay. What do you think, Sphinx? He's got that uh, sweet, sweet, uh, I don't know, fucking Cobra money. <laughs> Still never seen Cobra. Have we done Cobra? No. No. Right. Yes, we did it on the podcast and you haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might not have been on the... I've actually uh, missed quite a few of the Stallone episodes. I didn't... I wasn't on Judge Dredd or Cliffhanger. Oh, that's fair. Okay. Uh, But I'll say... Yeah, I'll say. Did someone say three hundred? No, I said three sixty. I'll say three hundred. Four hundred million on the button wow. for AJ. Way to go! The optimism of, pays off. There a lot does. of on the buttons for this one. Um, director on this, Marco Brambilla. Marco Brambilla. Yeah, sure. That's it. Any anybody got anything on him? No. <laughs> I got nothing. I looked him up. Didn't seem like he did a lot besides this. No, I really, I wish I knew, like, how the hell they even found him. Because, yeah, he's got, he's got nothing on his filmography besides this movie. (laughs) So, like, what happened? But, anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I have no idea. He he knew that he peaked and he wasn't going to make a movie like this again, so he just gave up. Yeah, it's 
bizarre. Like, get, he's gotta got to respect it. Gotta respect uh, he was recommended by David Fincher for some reason. I, I would assume from doing music videos with Fincher. Oh, that could be. Yeah, might be. Wait, so, like, uh, him and David Fincher had a relationship? What's that? You, you seeing this guy and Fincher had a relationship? Yeah, yeah, because Fincher used to direct a lot of music videos. Um, and I think he came from the music video world. Oh, okay. Let's look. Let me look and see. Um, while you're looking that up, I'm going to let you know that the writers are Daniel Waters, Robert Renault, and Peter Lenkov. I don't really have anything on them. And I know he- Lenkov has done a bunch of uh, reboots, like uh, the Hawaii Five O, and this Mag- didn't Magnum PI get a new thing too? I think he's done some of those. From what I looked at, man. I was going to say super fan, but I guess you looked it up. Yeah. Um, and then the score, at least the musical score, is Elliot Goldenthal. I don't I don't really have anything on him either. This is like back to, I mean, last week was Silvestri, which there's no excuse. I mean, we had a whole conversation about how he's either hit or miss. But this is another pretty rough score. Like, I feel like some of these act, like some of the action scenes, it sounds like circus music is going on <laughs> while while they're fighting it out. It's just very, very bizarre music being played throughout this film. I would agree with that. Yeah. But I think we were going to play uh, where the, the movie got its title from. So Demolition Man was an old song from the police. Uh, and then they brought back Sting, just Sting. Uh, to do a remake of the song, and it's in the end credits. So I believe uh, LPJ has yeah, that loaded and, up. And we're going to start it. We're going to start it uh, about a minute in. Here we go. weird song yeah it's not it's not a hit of the police so that was kind of strange but lpj i may have been the only one that was watching or listening to it with everyone else but i i think sting when he decided he was going to remake the song he had it in the contract that he you know he had to have his shirt off so he could show off his bod for that music video yes i think you're probably right (laughs) because of the whole video he's shirtless go ahead aj I have a side question for Sphinx because he's a music expert. Okay. The police overrated, underrated where they should be. Their overall Ooh. impact and legacy in the music realm. I know you're a music question. guy, so I got to ask you. You know, I know you got those vinyls, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've got all the police albums because they're great. I would say that the police are underrated. I think that Sting is overrated. But as a group of the police, underrated. Should that be confusing to me that, like, Sting is an individual could be overrated, but the overall band could be underrated. That, I mean, this is a movie podcast, so I won't get into that. I'll, I'll play DM you or text you about that later on. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk later about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so anything anybody wants to bring up specifically before we get into the, uh, taglines. 
Oh yeah, taglines. Yeah. I, I get confused. It's, it's not even in... my job. <laughs> no, well, I, was, I have them. I have them up. I have them it's up just it, I, I get confused because when Sphinx is in here, I do the taglines, but then I always prepare, but then he has them too. So I, I get a little turned around. So I apologies. And, and I would say these taglines aren't bad, in my opinion. So I'm, I'm kind of curious how you all feel about them. The first one might be my favorite one. It says, the future isn't big enough for the both of them. Yeah, it's pretty good. Right? Um, next one. The 21st century's most dangerous cop. The 21st century's most ruthless criminal. Okay. Yeah. Not terrible. This one's rough. Uh, in the year 2032, Simon Phoenix escapes from prison on the verge of bringing crime to San Angeles. One man is called back to duty as a last resort. They call him the Demolition Man. Yep. See, the two, two words. No, that's my favorite right it. there. That's, it's, I love it's it. A, it's a bit much, no? It yeah, it's, it's the premise yeah. of the movie. Like, you don't need all that. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit much. Yeah. In Personal the 20... Opinion. Yeah, I agree. In the 21st century, the police aren't equipped to handle this kind of violence. John Spartan isn't equipped to handle this kind of peace and harmony. Again, more of a synopsis than a tagline. But... <laughs> yeah, 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 a bit much again. This is the other one I like because it kind of combines from before. The world's most dangerous cop, the world's most ruthless criminal, the 21st century isn't big enough for both of them. Yeah, that's fine. Right. Yeah. And then the last one is also too long but in the 21st century the police aren't equipped to handle simon phoenix their only chance has a name john spartan but are he and the 21st century equipped to handle each other i don't even think that's grammatically correct no it's not (laughs) i'm gonna say thumbs down on that one yeah no Uh, no thank you i agree no that's a half half are pretty good and the other half are quite awful yeah no we're good um okay so so now anything else anyone wants to mention before we get into the plot on this i i will mention one final thing which will kind of help lead into the plot and that's that uh this movie when it came out was only six months after the rodney king riots in la which again we we see just like what we saw on our last week's episode you know this is another movie with uh la pretty much burning to the ground with a dystopian future kind of weird that we've that we did not set it up this way for it to be back-to-back weeks of la and a dystopia in the future but here we are <laughs> what, what was the last one uh we just did predator 2 predator and, 2. and predator 2 is la burn oh because yeah. i guess yeah like the gang violence and stuff yep. right yeah. yeah okay absolutely yeah. yeah uh so this movie i have a question for you this movie starts off shows us that the hollywood sign is on fire how is it always on fire wouldn't it eventually burn out or burn down like it just seems to be consistently on fire i didn't i didn't get that you think let's be contemporary is the hollywood sign on fire right now as we speak with all the wildfires (laughs) going on i don't know so this movie takes place in 1996 um basically well it starts in 1996 it starts in 96 can, can, which again is only three years after this movie actually came out so that's weird. true and, and, and i i've seen this movie a ton and we talked about it but maybe lpj can help me what what is the state of los angeles does wesley snipes control all of los angeles or just a part of it or like they they casually mention that like hey remember when commercial airlines used to land in this town so i'm I'm confused about the state of Los Angeles. Yeah. Can you enlighten me at all? Sure. I, I don't know that it's necessarily Wesley Snipes specifically owns all of it, but 
it's kind of like LA's they've abandoned LA because LA's become so overrun with crime and gangs that, you know, individual gang Lords are taking over whole sections of the city. Um, and Simon Phoenix just happens to have taken over this particular section um, and is considered to be the most dangerous of the criminals that are there. Okay. That, that makes a little more sense to me. So um, they're flying in a helicopter um Stallone, John Spartan, he bungees out of this helicopter? Yeah, that was like a thing. Like a tether? Well, no, like, you know, the James Bond movies suffer from this, too. They take whatever's the most popular thing and slap it in their movie, and that's what this is. Like, bungee cord jumping was kind of the new thing when this came out. And so, like, yeah, we'll just have Stallone bungee cord jump because, you know, in 96, everyone's going to be doing it. I just wrote down in my notes. I'm pretty sure Sylvester Stallone just snapped his his back in half. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, here's. Oh, yeah. go ahead, AJ. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of like a in hindsight. So it's like watching the intro, seeing the burning Hollywood sign, seeing Sly come in as you guys so elegantly described, and the action that ensued. It got like my palate ready for something. Absolutely. And I feel like it's not what I got. So I think now <laughs> hearing you guys describe it again, in my mind, I had like, oh, oh like this looks kind of cool. Ooh, okay. And then it's not what I really got. So I don't want to get spoilery or anything, but we'll get into it. You know, but yeah, I feel like there was a palette shift. So too much in read palette shift, me personally. Well, this scene, this scene was added kind of after the fact. Like they initially didn't start the movie in the past at all. It initially started right with right in the future and they kind of were like well we can't really have the future without juxtaposing it with the past so that people really see what the difference is so this was added kind of late in the script development and i feel like if you don't have this first scene in the movie yeah you don't really understand the name of the movie either right like yeah how does he get the name demolition man well we clearly know because that fucking building goes sky high real quick oh yeah so I have a question too. I mean, there's a lot of questions, but he shows up to infiltrate Wesley Snipes' base of operations, and he brings like two handguns. Why didn't he bring some more guns with them? Why didn't he bring like a machine gun or like? Because like, he knew he was gonna just blow up the fucking building. That's why. <laughs> I feel like he was underarmed. So he he bungees down. He somehow seemingly knows exactly where Wesley Snipes is in this giant warehouse. Um, where, where, cause the background is, is that Wesley Snipes kidnapped a bus load of people, right? Yeah. So they're trying to find this bus load of people. Uh, he confronts Wesley Snipes, uh, well, and, and they've done thermo scans of the building first to determine that how many people are in there, where the hostages are, and they don't see where the hostages are anywhere. They only see Simon Phoenix and his gang, only thermal images of them. So that's kind of where, how he knows where they're, where he's at. They tried uh, okay. to use the Predator technology, but yeah. unfortunately, that's a different movie. So, in LA. So, so in the ensuing struggle with uh, Wesley Snipes, uh, the building blows up, like uh, like Sphinx mentioned. The whole, I mean, it goes up big time. Like the yeah. whole thing explodes, and that's where like he's talking to his police captain, and that's where you get invoking of the title. He's like, "I'm tired of this demolition man shit." Yeah. <laughs> like it feels so forced in there. Yes, but. But you got it. Uh, so, and then like, 
hold, so hold, we, is... we should mention this too. Like in the first part of this movie, Wesley Snipes is kind of a bitch. Like he doesn't fight. Stallone kicks his ass. Like I don't oh, yeah. get why I don't get why he's as feared as he is. If Stallone can just walk in and beat his ass, um, you know maybe he has a lot of guns. Maybe he's got a lot of men. I'm not sure, but the whole premise of this is Stallone walks in and just kind of beats the shit out of him. Yeah. It's very quick and easy for, yeah. <laughs> for, for Sly to, to get snipes. And I, and I think Hovercraft Joe is going to mention it next. Cause it's the next part of the plot, but then, you know, Spartan is sentenced to jail and a crypto. We'll talk about that in a minute because apparently when he blew up the building, those hostages were in the building. Right. right. But like, would you really, I don't know. Is the cop really, well, is Sly to blame for their deaths? I mean, didn't he have, I don't know. Like, it wasn't it an accident that he torched the building? Well, it's not like, I think it's not they like told he him, start shooting at the thing. No, and then I think they told off. him not to go in. Oh, is that what happened? I think that's what it was. And he went rogue and kind of went in anyway. Well, okay. Yeah, then yeah. I, then that makes sense then to he me. Blew the building, yeah. Because I feel like I missed that thing. Because at first I'm like, is it really his fault then? But but if he was told not to go in and then he did it, okay, that makes sense. I, I felt a little bit hurt for our boy John Spartan when like the other cops were like, yeah, you better lawyer up, man. I was like, is there no like remorse or like support? Like, hey man, like kind of messed yeah. up that happened to you. Sorry that like you didn't know that you murdered all these innocent people. I feel like his boys could have been a little bit more supportive, but they're just kind of automatically like, Hey man, you better lawyer up. Like you're doing some time. Like, I don't know guys. Yeah. That, you're right. That did that's seem... like, like your brother. Like you guys are supposed to be in this together and you just like cooking your boy like that. Me personally, I kind of fell for our boy in that moment. So yeah, personal opinion. I thought they were a little bit hard. On John. <laughs> oh, I agree. I mean, they're so, totally harsh on John. I mean, they're about to send them in a fucking crypto thing for 80 yeah. years. Cryos. Yeah. Whatever. So, so Stallone gets sentenced to 70 years in ice jail for his crimes. Um, here's a question for you. Why do you have to be nude to get frozen in ice jail? <laughs> like, I, I feel like you could get frozen in your clothes, right? Like, here's a question for you. What was the weird ass white outfit he was wearing before he had to go nude? <laughs> and also, like, I, I we talked about this movie. It, his tush is evident. I feel like this movie comes dangerously close to showing Sly Stallone's dong, right? Oh, like, oh yeah. yeah, a couple of times. Yeah, you almost uh, get some. You almost get some donger. Yeah. yeah. So okay, he gets frozen in ice jail. So does Sylvester Stallone. Boom. We're into the year twenty thirty two. Uh, we've moved ahead into the future. We're introduced to Sandra Bullock. She's in her car driving for some reason, calling the warden of the ice jail directly to just talk to him about stuff. Um, we're also introduced to the um, the machines that uh, <laughs> I, this it's a running gag, and I like how much they commit to these machines that when you swear they <laughs> spit out like a fine. For and it's like, but they really go hard on this joke. Like it is not they introduce it, and that throughout the entire movie, like someone will swear, and in the background, you'll hear this machine like, "You are fine, whatever." Like yeah, I like, really, I appreciated that. Yeah, I appreciate their commitment to the swearing kind of fine machine thing. Because you're gonna ask, because you're gonna ask, you're gonna hear somebody swear, and, and you're gonna say, "Well, where's the machine for that?" Then it, it is. It's such a ridiculous thing, but you know what they they stayed uh you know 
they they kept it going. You know, they made they, sure that it was, they surprisingly got a lot of stuff pretty close to right. You know, as far as the future goes, the self yeah, the self driving cars, cars. They got um, uh, the video display screens, yeah. touch screen monitors, all that stuff. Like they got a lot of that stuff. GPS on everything. Retina scan. Retina like they got they got a lot of stuff right, and even you know. This movie isn't as bad with like futuristic technology. The the cars looked like they could be. They look like normal cars that just may have evolved a little bit. They they looked pretty good. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and the thing about Sandra Bullock is that she's really into like twentieth century like stuff. Like she collects twentieth century like memorabilia. I guess is yeah, memorabilia is good. Yeah, she's got uh, a Lethal Weapon three poster in her office and some red, red hot chili red peppers. Hot chili peppers, yep. yeah. Yep. Um, so then we go to Wesley Snipes is getting a parole hearing. Which, uh, why is Wesley Snipes getting a parole hearing and not Sylvester Stallone? That's my first question. Well, I think it's I mean, all part it must of the be plot. part of right. It's all part of the escape, I guess. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because because he ends up escaping from ice jail. He knows whatever the password that's gonna like unlock the cuffs. He knows it and like. Uh, uh, that's when I, this is one of those movies that really annoys me. The, the thing that most annoys me is that like it's in the future and I feel like they unnecessarily like change words and stuff like that. Like they, they, they keep talking about like, Oh, one eight seven comes up on the screen and they're like, what's a one eight seven. They're like, Oh, it's a murder death kill. Like, aren't those all the same thing? Like why would it just be murder? They're absolutely all the same thing. Yeah. It's absolutely too much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it seems redundant, I guess. Uh, this is also my first music comment I have in my notes when Snipes is taking out all the cops. It's just, it's like, it's like that new Jack Swing music that <laughs> that's so popular in the early '90s. But it, it almost has like a a '60s Batman feel to it because it's like timed that when he like punches or hits someone, it's like a bam, boom, crash. Well, it's I like, brought oh, this up. Lord. I brought this up in our chat. Yeah, I wanted to bring it up too. But right, Wesley to Snipes really is kind of essentially a version of the Joker in this. Mm. You know, I he, would I would say, in my opinion, I wouldn't say Joker. I would say almost Riddler, like a combination of the two. Yeah, like he's yeah. kind of a combination of the Riddler and the Joker. He's definitely a Batman villain, and not like a '60s Batman villain, just much more violent. Yeah, and not as good. But well, that's my they, I don't know if you saw this, but they said that like one of the thing was in his fight scenes is that like because, you know, he's trained in like yeah. that he had to actually like he was too fast. So he had to like they made him like slow down his fighting. So that's why like it looks kind of awkward in some of the scenes because they're literally like you had to slow down because we can't capture it. I also saw it again. I don't know how accurate IMDB is. <laughs> there was one stat I saw in there that said that Snipes insisted on doing all of his action scenes, but then once he left, they put in stunt devils to redo the scenes. <laughs> I saw that too, yeah, that's funny. Which uh, is probably accurate, but I just thought that was funny. I feel like it was like the tonal shift to me. I feel like it was kind of becoming weird to me at this point, you know? Because I was like, do you want me to like find humor mm-hmm. in this alternate reality or alternate future you're giving me? Or do you want me to buy into the fact that like, this is a dangerous person and that like these stakes are high, you know, I feel like this was a kind of point for me where like the like tone kind of got like muddled lost. Word I could go with, you know? Yeah. Cause it's like, I'm, I'm coming in 
we're getting that sick opening scene with a lot of heavy action, like the John Woo heroic bloodshed, boy work stuff is going on, right? And it's like, okay, I'm in, you know? And then, like, we're getting, like, this humor stuff, right? With, like, he's swearing and, like, he said, like, with the ticking and stuff, you know? And then even, like, with Wesley's, like, breaking out scene or whatever, I feel like it was similar. It's like, okay, so am I supposed to see this as, like, an exciting and, like, exhilarating action fight scene where the stakes are high? Or is it, like, I don't know, like you were saying, like, with the music and stuff, like, is it, like, wacky and zany, you know? Yeah, I 100% agree <laughs> with you, AJ. It's it's at this point that I feel like the film wants to start to turn into a comedy, but then it's not a good comedy either. So yeah. it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't know what it wants to become at this point, but it continues to persist. <laughs> um, and, and for me, that makes it hard for me to invest and get settled in. Per, yeah, like pers- that's personally, fair. That's fair. With, with the film, it made it hard for me. I was like, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel. so and one of the main plot points that comes out of this is that like everyone in the future is like chipped like it's like they got their they got their uh covid vaccine right so they're chipped (laughs) and and all the conference rooms are like zoom calls too i noticed that too so but wesley snipes is not chipped so they can't track him like they normally could no anyone else in this future society so also Here's a question for you. Wesley Snipes breaks out of ice ice jail, and then he's got that like overall like out. Where did he get that outfit? Because he he just has it, and we he, there's no explanation of where that outfit came. I, I from. bet there's a cut scene somewhere where he gets it. That's true. It did seem like there was a decent amount of this movie that they cut. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was still two hours. Yeah, and, and and we don't really know, but like we'll learn later, but he's like able to hack into like the city's computer system and like do all this stuff. And it, it, and we, we just really don't know why it'll kind of come to light later. Um, well, and he comments, also, he doesn't know why he's be able to do it either. Also, he really leans into the Simon Phoenix thing. Cause he keeps saying like Simon says this, which I, <laughs> it cracks me up every time. Cause like he doesn't, I feel like he doesn't in the, 96 sequence but then in the future like three or four times he's like simon says die or whatever oh yeah i did 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 you guys notice because i definitely noticed it i feel like half of his dialogue must have been in post-production because he's saying so much while he's fighting which clearly he can't be saying things that clear if he's actually doing these fighting scenes and they just seem like Joker-esque, like LPJ said, but they're just terrible lines. Like I feel like when when they when they went into the studio and they're like, "All right, Wesley, like fill in some filler while you're kicking ass." It's like it's such horrible dialogue. That, that's one of my biggest issues with this movie is the acting is bad in this movie. It is bad. But I mean, is it, I don't think is it is it bad or is it how they want it to be? Is he yeah, supposed to I think be he's supposed to be. I agree. I think I it's think, choices. I think yes. <laughs> I think it's a combination of all of it. No, I, I think I, don't, I, I, agree I with think that. I think that they probably wanted them to act a certain way, but I feel like the actors did not did not get it, and so it all seemed kind of off. AJ, how do you feel about it? Curious. Yeah, no, I I appreciate the I appreciate you asking. Um, I feel like I'm somewhere in the middle because it's like obviously like we have the society where it's utopian, right? And like especially with Sandra's character and these other characters, they're very straight laced, very well to do. Like and like we said, 
swearing is a crime, you know? So like, I can understand in that regard, the contrast of Wesley's character being like outlandish, being crude. So like, you're trying to have some kind of contrast, like good and bad, or like he doesn't fit in with this current society. Like I kind of get that. So maybe like the heart was there, like the intent was there, but for the execution aspect, like I'm a Sphinx on it for me personally, it wasn't for me. And like Wesley, like, were you like unhinged? Did they maybe tell you like, Hey man, like let it fly, do whatever you want, be unhinged. And Wesley was like, okay, cool. And then he did that. He totally could have done that and like good for him, but I'm more on Sphinx side with this one for me personally, it, it didn't do it for me. And I just found myself kind of frustrated by it, like personal opinion. See, I don't I, know if that, I don't know if that makes sense. I feel it like does I make sense. Like, I don't know that it's necessarily the, I think the actors are acting well. I don't know if the lines they're given to say are good. That's a difference. I think maybe, yeah, maybe that's the issue, but I think Snipes pulls off his performance. Well, see, I, I do disagree. I think his fighting like his action and movement scenes, sure. he does good. But I think he can't deliver the lines, even if they're bad. He still, they still don't get delivered uh, in I a way that, that I. But yeah, I, I definitely don't agree with that. But okay, all right. Well, anyway, because I do feel like I guess one final thing. I'm sorry, because I do actually feel like Sly. I think Stallone actually does well in this movie. Yeah, I agree. No, nobody else I think did well in this movie though. Well, you, you don't think Sandra did well? You don't think Sandra was charming? No, I thought she did terrible in this well, movie. I think she did great. Okay. I, I would say I hated her, her character and her dialogue were not good, but I think she pulled it off. I don't think she did, but again, that's... Well, anyway, yeah. circling, circling back to the plot, I, I do want to say this, and we kind of touched on it. There seems to be like, why is there like a weird overall like Asian vibe to future society? Like everyone's wearing know. kimonos and stuff. Like it's never really explained, but like it's not like it's right. Like everyone's, it's kind of like Asian-y, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's definitely a stylistic, an Asian stylistic choice that they made to say, you know, in this utopian society, this is what people would wear. Okay. So, anyways. They decide that in order, because they're not equipped to deal with uh, Wesley Snipes, so they're like, "Well, we're gonna." There's, yeah, now, the is world it, is like the world has kind of been corrected of crime, or at least crime has been pushed underground. So these police, that Sandra and whatnot, they don't know how to actually handle real well, crime. And that's right? kind of the other issue with this is apparently it's not the whole world that's like this. It's just this section of California that's like San Diego, uh, L.A., um, San Francisco, San Francisco, right? and it's called San Angeles. But it's that basically that whole section of just California that's like this. The rest of the world, I guess, is still normal. Yeah, so they can't weird. call in people. Well, and so the the older cop. The one that tells him about Sylvester Stallone. Is that the helicopter pilot? Yeah, that's the helicopter pilot. Okay, from the beginning of the movie. Yep. So he, because they're like, well, what did they do before? And he's like, he was brought down by John Spartan. So they unfree Sylvester Stallone. And then immediately they're like, hey, P.S., by the way, your wife died in an earthquake. That's like <laughs> one of the first things they tell him. It's like, whoa, maybe hold out on that information. You don't need to tell him immediately. Uh, but they want him to catch. Wesley Snipes. Um, so then we're we're introduced to the concept of the three seashells. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone goes to take a shit. 
And then he comes out and he's like, hey, you guys didn't have any toilet paper. There was just these weird three seashells. So in my mind, was he, he didn't wipe at all? <laughs> like he was, he, and did you see what, how they, like, apparently they explain the concept of the three seashells yeah. and how they work? I, I, I saw what Stallone said. Is yes. it the same thing? Okay. Yeah. That you use two of them, kind of like chopsticks to pull out the waste. And then the third one is like a, like a wiping device. Well, like a scooper. <laughs> like I, I. Okay. All right. And then later on in the movie, we get to see the three seashells, and they're just sitting by the toilet. Three seashells. Did you hear how they came up with the idea? How I, was it? Yeah. Was it the writer or the producer? It's was the when he was called about the movie, he was taking a shit, and he just kind of looked around in the bathroom, and he had like like some seashells sitting on top of his sink or on top of the toilet. And that's where he came up with it. I did not hear that. I do like how he gets around it because he just goes over. He goes over to the swearing violation thing and just says a bunch of swear words and gets a bunch of violation and he goes back into the bathroom. That genuinely gets me a laugh every time. Yeah. Um so um the police chief like hates Sylvester Stallone, like right from the jump. Like he's a real dick the whole time, right? Like Oh yeah. I, and I don't get like why he hates him so much. I don't right know either. It's he can't take matters into his own hands. Like you need the guy. So why are you being such an asshole to him? Yeah, I feel like it's and part of it for me that like doesn't compute or doesn't make sense is I feel like it's supposed to be utopian society where like everybody's like nice to each other and like things that are like quote unquote bad for you are illegal. Swearing's illegal. Like being rude is almost like illegal, right? So like. It's it's weird to me because like like you said like this guy's being like a dick like he's yeah. being like a jerk so like it just like didn't really click for me like you're supposed to be some kind of like authority figure supporting these people that are supposed to be keeping these laws that are keeping people nice and keeping people kind but like you're kind of like a douche so it, it yeah so I I agree it it, it didn't click for me it didn't I agree it didn't me. make it's sense. sense. It, yeah, it's a great point. Like you're you're trying to set us up with this society, but then you've got a character in the film that is not doing that part at well, all. Well, well, I guess I guess the only thing I'll say is it's I think it's supposed to be like an elitist thing, like that like right. their society is so much better mm. and he's from this bygone era where things are so bad that he immediately is disgusted by him and he just doesn't respect him because he thinks their society is so much better. I think that's what we're supposed to get out of it is that he's just immediately dismissive of Stallone because he's, ah, our society's perfect. So you can't possibly know what you're talking about. Could be. I, I appreciate that. I, I think you're totally right. And I appreciate you opening my eyes to that. So yeah, I think that's an awesome point. I appreciate the insight. So Stallone makes the conclusion that Wesley Snipes is like, he's going to try and get some guns. Like, and so, which is what, uh, Wesley Snipes does so <laughs> he goes to a museum that has an exhibit of like violence and all these guns and I'm like I understand that they have all these guns on display yeah why are there why are they loaded why are there <laughs> yeah. bullets why is there ammunition <laughs> why are the guns loaded I just I didn't get no. that right you know fully functional cannonballs cannons and cannonballs <laughs> Because um, I, I do like, and I remember it from the trailer, I remember, it's one of the lines I remember most. Stallone shows up and confronts Wesley Snipes in the museum, and he's like, 
John Spartan, he's like, they'll let anyone into the century. Yeah. And I remember that was like in the trailer and stuff. So they have a big like shootout and a physical fight. And they end up like crashing through the floor of this museum where they have like an uh replica or no, it's, it's a, an archaeology uh, archaeological ar- dig. Yeah, of like old Los Angeles. And I was dying every time it cracks me up because when they're fighting at one point, Sylvester Stallone picks up a TV and he's swinging it by yeah. the cord. And he hits Wesley Snipes. And I'm like, I don't think you could swing a TV <laughs> by the no. cord. Uh, um, okay. So, uh, and then we're introduced to Wesley Snipes' case. We're introduced to Cocteau, right? Yep. Yeah. Cocteau is like the guy who set up this whole society. He's like the architect behind it. Uh, but Wesley Snipes like kind of wants to kill him, but he can't, right? Like he points right. his gun at him, but we, we don't really know why. Uh, and there's a running gag throughout the whole movie where Sandra Bullock can't get these 20th century like sayings right. So she at this point she says that he really licked his ass, and I'm like, okay, that's that's funny. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Cocteau is so uh, he invites Sylvester Stallone <laughs> to dinner. He's like, oh, I got to thank you for saving me. I'm going to take you to dinner. We're going to go to Taco Bell, <laughs> which is we're all kind of like. Taco Bell. Hmm. Um, so they, they get all dressed up to go to Taco Bell. Uh, there's that side joke where she tells him that Arnold Schwarzenegger was uh, this uh, was a president for a while uh, under the 61st Amendment, which yep. is kind of funny. Um, we should probably mention that. You know, so they explain that Taco Bell was like the only restaurant to survive the restaurant wars. The franchise, the franchise, wars. franchise wars, wars. Which yeah. seems bizarre yeah. because, you know if this one section of California is utopian and the rest is normal, why wouldn't the rest of the restaurants have survived over there? I don't know. But uh, the reason why they picked Taco Bell is because Burger King and McDonald's both declined. <laughs> but <laughs> well, I remember, I, I remember how big like the Taco Bell campaign was for this. Yeah. Cause really? they're like, they're like all restaurants are Taco Bell. This is a side note that only LBJ will uh, appreciate, but our, our, our friend Adam's wedding they had this thing where it's like, oh, fill out these cards where it's like, where do you think we'll be in five years, in 10 years, uh-huh. or whatever many years? It was like 30 years out. And our uh, friend of the podcast, Dave the Tush, he wrote down that in like 30 years, all restaurants will be Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> nice reference to this movie. So, um, And they're not even serving. I love like they go to the restaurant and they're not even serving tacos. No. <laughs> And, and he's so mad because he wants salt, and they're like, no, salt's illegal because it's bad for you. It's bad uh, for you. This is also where we get our Dan Cortez sighting because in this society, like, the most popular songs are, like, old commercial jingles. So he's, like, on a piano in the restaurant singing the Jolly Green Giant song, right? Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. It was this time of the movie I actually fell asleep. <laughs> I was watching the movie. <laughs> I was watching the movie like later at night because you know I got I got kids. I can't be watching this stuff in the middle of the day. And <laughs> I, I just I like I do not fall asleep often like while watching a movie. But I was <laughs> I was out. I actually I slept through the entire movie. I woke up and the credits were rolling. I had to go back. I'm like shit. What happened? <laughs> never done that before so awesome um and and one of the things we learn is like okay so when the prisoners are in cryo sleep 
they basically are reprogramming re ugh. reprogramming them. Right, they're pumping stuff into their brain, and they're supposed to not be conscious. But Sylvester Stallone's like, yeah, I was, like, awake the whole time, and I knew what was going on, and I was having dreams, and it was a nightmare, is kind of what he tells Cocteau. Um, and, and outside of Taco Bell, there's a big disturbance. Dennis Leary and his underground crew pop up, and they're like, Stallone goes out to fight them, and he beats up a bunch of them. But the whole thing is that they're just stealing food. They're trying to get food. And we'll learn more about Dennis Leary here in a bit. Uh, they call them Scraps. That's yep. the people that live underground. Um, okay. <laughs> Sorry. I am lost on the plot of this. Um, we so that then that they go Leary. back. So they do the fighting. <laughs> then they go back to... Uh... Sandra Bullock's place, right? Well, no. Before that, we learned that Cocteau is the one that basically sets yes. Wesley Snipes free. Because Dennis He Leary's wants him to clean up the scraps, right? Right. Dennis Leary's character, Edgar Friendly, he wants Wesley Snipes to kill him. So he's the one that set him free. And Wesley Snipes is like, yeah, I'm going to need more people. You're going to have to unfreeze some more people for me. Then we go back to Sandra Bullock's place. She tells Stallone she wants to have sex with him, and he's like, "Yeah, he's he's on board." And, and this is where I this is where I feel like the actors are doing a poor job because if I was an actor and I was given these lines, I'd be like, "I'm not fucking saying this." No, I like, agree I wrote, with that part. Like I wrote it down. Like Stallone literally goes here with you. Yeah, <laughs> like that. You can't. That's so bad. You know, like. He has to realize that is written horribly. How about you let us as professional actors try and create a little bit more of a what would really be said here? So, well, anyway. and again, is that the fault of the actor or is it the fault of the script? Again, I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I'm but, saying it's the fault of the script. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give the actors a pass on this one. But I feel like that was like my optimism before, right? Is, is sure. Much of the actors and I feel like I feel like AJ's optimism on this movie is a real, real tight, really up and down waves. Like he's giving it the benefit of the doubt, and then he's down, and he's up. So we'll see where we end up. Yeah, it's um, a mix, right? Like you, you, you want to be objective, you know, but you also, yeah, it's it's a mix for sure. There's waves, there's ups and flows. But we find out that sex in the future is like VR helmets. Like they don't have actual sex or physical contact. They just put on these helmets and it's like this weird VR experience. And it like freaks Stallone out. Right. And he's like, die. die and he takes off. She gets mad. I can't remember why. He says something to her and she like kicks him out of the apartment. Because he, uh, he wants to kiss he's, her. He's oh. And they call it a fluid transfer. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God. The, those gross. fluid transfer activities. So uh, he goes back to his apartment. I like how they just ha they have to throw in some random boobs in this movie for no reason at all. Like he gets a wrong number video phone call and it's just like this naked lady. It's like no reason to be in the movie at all other than it's an early 90s action movie. It, it's like getting a dick pic sent to you today, right? <laughs> That's pretty much what happened right there. Do you, do you get a lot of those sent to you, Sphinx? All the time. <laughs> he is a high, give, is a high school give, teacher. Yeah, I give ratings back, so, you know. I didn't think it'd be a thing in the Utopia, because they just talked about how sex is a VR Good thing. point, too. You yeah, know, so like, look at these that. people that are doing, like, this this video chat stuff and, like, getting saucy like this on the video chat. So, once again, I was confused. I was like, what are you trying to tell me? I'm, yeah. I, well, I was confused, but I was caught off guard. 
Well, speaking of confused, Wesley Snipes just starts knitting. Not Wesley Snipes, Sylvester Stallone. He just starts knitting. And I'm like, why is he knitting? It was very confusing, right? And he's watching the video of Cocteau talking to Wesley Snipes outside the museum. So he knows something up. And then the next morning, he's like, hey, I made you the sweater. He gives it to Sandra Bullock, a full sweater. But I guess what they explain is that while the prisoners are frozen, they're pumping stuff into their brain. So they basically pumped into Stallone's brain to be like a master knitter, right? Yeah. So another plot issue I have here. Wouldn't they, if they're plotting like good stuff into his brain, wouldn't they then want to remove the bad stuff out of his brain? Like the violence that he has? I think maybe he wasn't in there long enough. Okay. And I I guess I don't know. I mean, they can put stuff in, but can they take stuff out? Like, that's never covered if they can yeah. remove stuff from a brain. Fair enough. But, so they, they look into, like, what was put in the Wesley Snipes brain, and it was, like, combat training, kung fu, like, all this, like, the codes, computer stuff, like, so they're like, uh-oh, something is weird going on with his programming. I did like that Stallone then said, and I'm Be- and I'm Betty fucking Ross. <laughs> that was a good line. So, that was not as uh, I had that in my notes, so I like that one. <laughs> yeah. So they, they go and confront uh, Cocteau about this. Like, it's a real violent confrontation. He has his gun to him and all this stuff. I do like that uh Cocteau tells him to be well, and Stallone tells him to be fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Another solid line. I like that yeah. one, too. I also read, I guess, the actor that played Cocteau, uh, Nigel Hawthorne, did not get along with Stallone or Snipes. Or uh, anyone in the set, it seemed like. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe he realized how dog shit this was that he was dealing with. I also well, like you know, when like a team they should be like working together like we're on this dark dog shit situation together. What's it going to be an optimist? I'm giving the actors too much credit. <laughs> uh, I also like that their like expression for like calm down is enhance your calm. Yeah, yeah. That, so they decide like Stallone knows something up. He's like, we got to go see what's going on underground. Uh, that's where we get another Sandra Bullock line where she says, "Let's go blow this guy." <laughs> She forgets to say blow away. Uh, so they go into the underground. Uh, they go to this underground, Ed- Edgar Friendly's underground city, which, by the way, reminded me kind of a Zion from the. Oh, Matrix totally. Series. Yes. Um, I like I like how he like he's so happy because he smells. He 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 gets a burger and a beer, and he's eating the burger, and he's like, "Oh, it's so good!" And they're like, "Yeah, it's made out of rat meat." And he's like. He kind of pauses and then he takes another bite. He's like, "That's pretty good." Yeah, I like that. Not, I love that he's not. Dis- I love that he's not disgusted by it. That he's just kind of like, "Yeah, this is pretty good. It's not bad for being rat meat." Um, and this is the point where we talked about where Dennis Leary kind of stops in the middle of the movie and does like two minutes of his stand-up routine, talking about like cocktail society. Because the whole thing about Dennis Leary is that like in all his people is that they don't want to like follow Cocteau's rules. They want to have free choice. So they live underground where they can like do what they want and not have to be under all these rules. But like, I think he's like, Oh, you can have free will, but you might starve to death. Like, I think that's kind of how he, how he puts the whole situation. Right. Yeah. Essentially there's not a lot of food down there. They're kind of, you know, living with whatever it is that they're called scraps because they're trying to find scraps of whatever it is they can. This is also when we get that Jack Black sighting where he's like one of the scraps and he's just there like holding a gun. Yeah. Um, so cut to Wesley Snipes. Man, 
he unfroze a lot of dudes, right? Like, like he's sitting around a whole table. And are the the women in that scene? Did he unfreeze them? I'm confused where the women came from. In I scene. think so. Okay, I think he would have had to have. Uh, and then Wesley Snipes and his buddies they randomly show up in the city. Like it's not explained how they're just like they're there all of a sudden and they see Stallone and Edgar Friendly and they just like open up fire and start shooting on him. Did you see okay, this is wild. I'll talk about it now. Did you see like they cut a lot out of this movie? And so like one of the things they cut, one of the subplots was that like Stallone was gonna like in underground in Edgar Friendly City, like he was gonna meet his adult daughter. Because yeah. he had a daughter and they were like one of the things they cut was like he met his daughter, she was down in living in that city. And like in that scene where it just seems like he's protecting like a random person from like the bullets. That's his daughter who yeah. was going to be his daughter, and they cut the movie. So yeah. I just I'm just telling loud. you not to hit the table. We can hear it. Oh, sorry. I wasn't <laughs> no, even really. I wasn't even really hitting it that loud. But um, so anyway, so he shows up. Uh, Wesley Snipes, and they're shooting out. Um, what even happens? I feel like a lot of Wesley Snipes guys get killed, but we don't really see it. Or I, I don't know. He has it, like an it's army. It's hard to tell because yeah, I don't know what the hell's going. That's on. the part you can't really figure out. Like I don't know if they all get killed. If because they don't show up again. No, they're like, all gone. They're all gone at that point. I think it's a lot of cut stuff that they cut. I think it would have to be because because if they cut that whole. Because there's no way Stallone took all those people out either. Like it does. Like something didn't add up. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I I really don't know. Um, But you're right because that that whole subplot you were talking about with the daughter, um, you could see it again at the very very end scene. She's standing next to Edgar Friendly, um, and he kind of they kind of make it a look at at each other. Um, And uh, I think a lot of that stuff that's underground there because it's not there's not a lot that you're not underground for very long maybe 10 minutes of the movie at the most. Um, I imagine most of it that was cut was from there. And that could have been where those guys got killed. Yeah. Cause it is confusing. Cause he's like, well, why don't you guys rise up and fight the system? And they're like, nah, but then like they show up and they're like, yeah, we're going to fight the system. Yeah. But then like at the end of the movie, they're just there with the police. It, it's very confusing as to what's going on. Um, so there's like a muscle car down there that they see and then apparently there's like an elevator that's big enough to fit the muscle car that busts out in a car dealership for some reason yeah which i wasn't sure why so there's a chase oh it's called product placement oldsmobile played a lot of money to be in this movie which which obviously the future was wrong on this one since oldsmobile is disintegrated but yes so there's a big chase scene where they're chasing wesley snipes and i'm like this is another bad boys to complain but why can't this muscle car catch up to this futuristic like uh like whatever compact car um it's during the scene where they're fighting on the car where wesley snipes is like hey by the way i definitely killed all those people on the bus before you blew up the building they were already dead which is kind of what i think everybody already suspected yeah oh yeah he he tells them that it that that's the case um so he throws Wesley Snipes out of the car. Wesley Snipes is fine, I guess, but the car crashes. We get that secure foam where it's kind of like it fills the whole car with like a thick foam to protect you from a crash. It's kind of a cool idea, right? Kind of, except wouldn't he suffocate? 
Yeah, or get it in your mouth. Or... <laughs> no. So, and then I do like this new bit because uh, one of the things programmed in the Wesley Snipes is that he can't harm Cocteau, right? So they're back at his hideout, and like Wesley Snipes is like, ah, I don't really like your plan, and he's trying to shoot him, and he can't, and then he just tells one of his other buddies, he's like, yeah, just do the it. Buddy Ventura. Yeah, and yeah. The, dude sh- the dude shoots him like four times, see a cocktail, and then super brutal, they take his body and throw it into the fireplace. Yeah. I was like, man, that's brutal. Um, so uh, they fight a couple of these inmates. Uh, did you see this a little bit where, uh, and this is going to step on your role verse a little bit, but uh, Sandra Bullock's like, oh, yeah, I learned a kick from Jackie Chan movies. Yes. That like, that Sylvester Stallone really wanted Jackie Chan to be the villain in this movie. Yeah, but he refused to do it because he didn't want to be a bad guy. Yeah, that's mm. wild. Can you imagine this movie if the Wesley Snipes character is Jackie Chan? It'd it would have been unbelievable. Bad. More bad. Yeah, than... it would have been terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so they find out that Wesley Snipes, his plan is going to unfreeze like eighty more inmates, like the the worst of the worst that haven't been chipped or reprogrammed. Um, he Which makes out- me wonder how many people are frozen. Do they ever like disclose? Is it like hundreds, thousands, millions? How many people are in these damn? I things? don't know it, because they don't ever specify if all criminals get frozen or if it's just like the violent criminals. And and how long are they in there for? And how much does it cost? And are there any that they never plan to like? How why why does it matter? That it's like a 70-year sentence when you're then going to clear their brain anyway. Well, and why haven't these people been reprogrammed? Like, if they're from, like, Wesley Snipes' era, because, excuse me, they talk about how a lot of them have been arrested and put away by John Spartan. Why were they reprogrammed and these people haven't been reprogrammed yet? Right? Like, none of it makes any sense. But Uh, We get the callback to the uh, beginning of the movie where Stallone's like, Send a maniac to catch a maniac. Yep. Yeah. He drives his car into the facility. Uh, they have a fight. He somehow gets surprised by the giant claw. Yeah. So stupid. It's such a bad scene. It's like the claw they used to move the ice blocks. And somehow Wesley Snipes sneaks it up on Stallone and catches him in the claw without him noticing. It's so bad. Um, He ends up getting out of the claw because it's like the claw has a freezing. Yeah, but why did the claw have a freezing component to it? It's uh, it's it's I don't I don't know why it has freezing component. That looked like hydraulic fluid. I don't know why it would be cold. Can I also ask? Was Snipes shooting at him while he's in the claw just to like? No, he was, but I mean, like, was he doing it just to mess with them, or was he actually trying to no, shoot them? No, I think him he was trying him? to mess with them. Okay, because I'm like, okay. he definitely should have been able to get him. <laughs> right? He yeah. should have been fucking dead, but maybe he's just taunting him. I yeah. think so. Okay. So he gets out of the claw. They fight. They have a good hand-to-hand. They have a big fight. Um, what ends up happening is, like, Stallone gets his hand on the thing that they – it's like a – I don't it's know like a little drop of fluid – that instantly freezes the liquid that they're put in when they go to freeze the blocks. Right, and they establish this earlier when Stallone is froze. Right. So it, it, it's wet. Wesley Sanks is standing in water. Stallone crushes this thing, 
freezes Wesley Snipes. He jumps up onto the claw. It swings around. He kicks his head off and says, heads up. <laughs> his head hits the ground, shatters. Um, I can't remember why, but the entire ice jail blows up, eliminating the threat of the 80 people getting unfrozen. It blows up because he's the demolition man, Hovercraft Joe. Obviously, um, he gets outside. Edgar Friendly and all the uh, all and like uh, all his scraps are there in the warden, and I guess they're gonna fix society because <laughs> Stallone's like, yeah, you guys meet in the middle and it'll be fine. <laughs> they don't they don't really explain it, but I guess we're led to believe things are gonna be good. <laughs> and then him and Sandra Bullock kiss, and that's the end of the movie. There's no way in hell those two societies are going to come together in a line. I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> but, I, but I just like that he's kind of like, yeah, you guys will figure it out, right? It's fine. You got this. Yeah, it's a little problematic. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that we made it to the end of Demolition Man. Yeah. So I, I do have a couple I, couple role reversals. Oh, yeah, go ahead, AJ. I, I uh... I feel I feel affirmed. I feel validated because <laughs> I definitely got confused. I definitely didn't know what was going on as we got into that last part of the movie, you know. So uh-huh. you guys talking about how like, hey, that didn't make sense. I appreciate that. <laughs> I thought I was in the minority. I had my notes. I, was like, I have no freaking idea what's going on. <laughs> I, I appreciate the support. I appreciate that. Appreciate some things might have got left out the cutting floor. Stuff with dude's daughter, no clue. Stuff was going on with the henchmen, the New Jack City homies. No clue. So, so yeah, I, I appreciate that. No. Thank you guys for making me feel better about totally losing track of what was going on. You know, and it's okay because uh, the more you see this movie, it's not going to get any better. Okay. <laughs> okay. You, if you see this movie again, it's not going to make any more sense than it did the first time. Uh, role reversals. Uh, so, yeah, originally they wanted Steven Seagal and Jean-Claude Van Damme to be in this movie. Now... For the caliber type film we have here, that probably could have worked if you asked me. I can't imagine Steven Seagal (laughs) trying to do this. Can I get a letter grade on Steven Seagal as an action movie star? Uh, It's tricky because, like, his earlier stuff is solid. Yeah, even before that, like, Above the Law. um, uh, What's what's, I can't think of the other ones now? Under Siege. Marked for Death. Marked for Death. Those are decent movies, and he's pretty good in them. Um, okay. So I put him at like a B there. But like, pretty much the rest of his stuff, C or worse. Mm-hmm. I'd say he averages out to maybe like a C. Probably because he had some really good stuff, but now he makes terrible stuff. So probably like a C average. In my I'd give mind. it an incomplete. I haven't really, honestly, I haven't really seen a Seagal movie. No, that's true. Except, un, except Under Siege. Yeah. You weren't on. What was that? What was the terrible one we covered? Exit Wounds. On? No, not Exit Wounds. We covered a worse one. Uh, the one with Ja Rule. Uh, I don't even remember now. <laughs> Must it have been was awful good. though. Oh god. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, you, we haven't actually watched one of his good movies yet. <laughs> okay. Well, I appreciate the insight. Can I make a confession about Cradle, Cradle to the Grave? Yes. So it's like Cradle to the Grave, as in like it's to the, the grave, number right? two, yeah. Yeah, like like when I was younger, I was always like, yeah, but like where's Cradle one at? Like I thought it was a secret <laughs> confession. It would make more sense. It might. Uh, so, um, so, uh, somebody else keep talking because now I'm trying to think of that Ja Rule <laughs> Sylvester Stallone movie. No, it's, it's fine. In, it, 
so yes, and and Jean Claude Van Damme turned it down because he didn't want to be the villain either. Uh, but he would later go on in Expendables Two to be the villain because he had that was really the only one where he was a bad guy. Is Expendables Two? I can't think of another movie where he's been the villain. He's What's always the been he's got, a hero. What's one he's got a clone? I mean, does that count, or is it, is he like the well, clones the good guy and the clones the bad guy? So that doesn't count. Is it replicant or no? That's not him. That's um, that's uh, Schwarzenegger's in the Eighth Day, Sixth Day, or Sixth Day. <laughs> what, Seventh what's, day. what's the one in JCVD has a has a clone? Am, am, or am I tripping? And that's well, no, no, he has. It's not a clone. He in um Double Impact. It's a, him and his twin brother. Okay. And one's the good brother, and one's the supposedly evil brother, but they're both good guys in the film. Oh, okay. Okay, that, that's what I was thinking of. For some reason in my mind, I had a bad brother and a good brother, so I, I was just confused. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, we should do that movie, too. That movie's <laughs> yeah, actually pretty good. Uh, update, by the way, the uh, Ja Rule... Uh, Steven Seagal movie? ...was uh, half Past Dead. half Past Dead. That's which it. We've, which, go back and listen to it if you haven't heard it. It's a bad movie. Oh, hot garbage. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Okay. Do we want to just mention Jackie Chan? Well, right. yeah. Did you see that there? There originally there was going to be a sequel, a Demolition Man two. Yeah. And the villain they wanted to be in the second one was Jackie Chan. They were really hung up on this whole Jackie Chan idea, which is like I cannot picture Jackie Chan in this movie in a sequel. I just can't picture him in it at all under any circumstances and he hasn't broken through to america yet in 1993 right wasn't rumble in the bronx 95 yeah yeah so it's on the cusp of it but it's not quite right yeah the only other thing i have about this movie i don't know if you guys saw it that the movie is almost completely ripped off from a eastern european novel do you guys catch that one i did see that yeah there's a, a a plagiarism charge yeah, it was called Fight of the Dead from like 1986. And apparently, I didn't know this, but I guess like once the USSR collapsed, a whole bunch of like Eastern European novel writers like got bought by Hollywood. Like there was someone like smuggling them in. And this was one of those movies. This was one of those things, I guess. They said that 75% of this movie is completely identical to this book but the guy didn't know how to even sue or assume he just would never be able to afford it or anything like that so that's crazy yeah complete yeah that is kind of nuts i thought uh update so as of may 4th 2020 stallone says a sequel is in development (laughs) (laughs) okay hey listen i'll go see it um so yeah i mean i think Let's rate this thing. All right. Okay. AJ, you either get to go first or pick one of us to go first. What do you want to do? I'm definitely not going to go first. I'm definitely going to hear the experts out first um, and let, let them break it down for me and feed off that. And like you guys and like your expertise, like your wisdom, you know, I'm going to like take it in and like let it process and then I'll be able to <laughs> give a better opinion, you know? Okay. Uh, I, I would not have the audacity or the gall to try and go first. Well, um, I'm going to, I'm going to ask Sphinx, do you want to go toward the beginning here? When, when do you want to give yours? I'm going to go right now. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> because yeah. I will say this film has me very conflicted. I feel like 
there's actually a great movie in this movie, but it wasn't made. Like, I feel like if this was a remake and they did a remake correctly, this could actually be a really cool movie. Because I feel like the premise and the idea around it is pretty good. And you could really build a much better environment and maybe get some better acting and screenwriting in there. And I actually feel like this could be a cool movie. Unfortunately, (laughs) it's not what we got. Unfortunately, kind of like what uh, AJ and I mentioned earlier, I don't know the tone of this movie and what it was going for. I I still feel like the acting is is very bad. Um, you know, the action scenes weren't terrible though. Um, so on that end of it it's fine. It just it's a weird movie. And it's weird that I don't like it's weird and and I don't like it. It's that kind of weird. <laughs> okay. But I didn't hate it, I would say, even though I fall asleep during it. <laughs> so I'm going to give it I kind of want to give it two and a half, but I don't think I can. I'm going to go with two machine guns. But I really do think a remake is what this movie needs. And, you know, in the early 90s, there's been a Total Recall remake. There's been some RoboCop remakes. Point Break. Point Break. <laughs> like, I do feel like this this is one that should be in contention to be redone, and I think you could really turn it into something. Okay. I'll, I'll go next. And I'll give kind of a counterpoint to that. Um, I think Uh-oh. you're. I don't think you're wrong. I think there's a lot of this stuff that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I think there's a lot of poor writing in this. Um, I think that some of the ideas in here are completely baffling. Um, but the meat of this movie, the the, the concept of it, is great. Like uh, uh, the whole bringing back, you know, throwback. Um, throwback uh, uh, people into this new modern society and having them kind of interact with it. I think it's a fantastic idea. Um, I, however, really, I like the acting in it. Um, and I can look past a lot of the dumbness just because I enjoy the movie. Um, I like the action in it. Um, I like Wesley Snipes in it a lot. I like Stallone in it a lot. I think that... Um, you know, yes, some of it's dumb, but I think it's dumb in a way that I can accept within the context of this film. Um, it's look, it's not the best film we've ever watched. There are stupid things in it, but personally, I like this movie. I'm gonna go three and a half machine guns with it. It's really interesting because I feel like you and I, and we'll see if Hovercraft Joe and, and AJ agree. I think we both have the same feeling of this movie. Yeah. Like concept wise, it's great. But the pendulum is just a little bit off on my end, and then it's in the other direction for I, you. I agree. Yeah, it's interesting. Well, I, well, I think like, and I'll go next. Uh, I I think what it is is that like this movie, the concept and and like the idea behind this movie works, right? Like people getting like LPJ said, people getting brought into this future society and like not fitting in. And I think there's one of two ways you can take it. Is this a serious movie that deals with it? Or is it like this over the top kind of action movie that we got? And LPJ is more on the side of like, I am buying into this over the top action movie where people are giving larger than life performances. And Sphinx is more like, 
I want to see a more grounded version of this where it's normal performances and it's taken more serious. I, unsurprisingly, am siding more with LPJ on this. I am into Wesley Snipes' performance. I know it's over the top. I know uh, everyone's kind of doing like, but I think they're on purpose. They're doing like this kind of up, amped up kind of performances. I kind of like the comedy aspect in it. I see that it can work as a more serious movie, but I like the movie we got. I will say that it's probably a two and a half machine gun movie straight up, but just because I do enjoy it and for nostalgia reasons, I'm going to give it three machine guns. AJ, before you go, I do want to bring up one thing. Uh, At the time this movie came out, Wesley, uh, uh, Dennis Rodman was playing for the Spurs when he saw Wesley Snipes' hair in this, that's what inspired him to start dyeing his hair. Oh, also, I want to bring up one other thing I forgot before you give yours, that apparently uh, Rob Schneider and Sandra Bullock became friends on the set of this movie, and he told her that he had reservations about this next movie she was doing that was some bus movie, and he wasn't <laughs> sure if it was going to be a big hit. And, of course, it was Speed, which was a gigantic blockbuster. So, Okay. All right, AJ, you've gotten our takes on this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear yours. What side of the pendulum are you going? <sighs> it's going to be tough because, like, I'm going to need to, like, go with the flow and just talk, you know? And we know it's easier for me, like, when I have notes or something, but I'm going to try and do my best. So everybody listening, like, I appreciate you bearing with me. <laughs> I think I resonate the most with Joe, and I really appreciate that Joe pointed out, like, a lot of the things that are being looked at in the film and especially like Joe made a great point too. When I was talking about like police chief, like it's supposed to be a society centered around like goodness. Why are you being a jerk? And Joe was like, well, maybe there's like some elitist stuff going on. And then it's like, Oh, well, duh. Somehow I miss that. There's people that are being like, have to live underground to live their lives the way they see fit. Clearly there's an elitist thing going on. Right. So, like, I appreciate Joe, like, mentioning that. And, um, yeah, and I also think, like, Joe said, like, you could do that, like, in a much more serious manner. You could be like, yeah, like, these are real issues that people in real life do deal with, you know? Or you could try and do some, like, what was the one? Is it, like, Dak Shepard or it's, like, Idiocracy? Am I thinking of the right movie? And it's, like, a Mike Judge movie? Yeah. Yeah. yeah is yeah, that saying? Okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, so it's like, and I don't know if that's a good comparison, but, like, you could do it, like, in, like, an over-the-top, humorous, satire-type way, you know? So I appreciate Joe illustrating those two different, like, perspectives, you know? And for me, it's just hard when it's in the middle like that. I think, and it's like, if you want to be weird, that's cool. I watch a David Lynch movie. Like, it's cool if you want to be, like, surrealist or weird, you know? Like, I I get it, you know? Like, Neon Demon. Okay, well, that's probably not a good one that has some really heavy stuff in it, (laughs) but I probably liked it more than most people. You get what I'm saying. You know, yeah. you can oh, yeah. do a weird movie and I can go with it. But you need to embrace like, hey, you know what? This is like some weird fucked up shit. And it's like, OK, you're being straightforward with me. I can dig it, you know. Um, so, yeah, to try and like reel it in somewhat to try and dial back the rambling. It's too muddled for me. It's too like doesn't know what it wants to be. And for me personally, I need like some like consistency in the tone. I need to know how I'm supposed to feel. I feel like for me personally, that might be elitist of me to say, one of the reasons I watch movies is to feel. If I'm watching a comedy, I want to laugh and be happy. If I'm watching something more serious, maybe I want to learn about people's lives that I wouldn't be able to experience or like parts of the world that I would never go to, you know? 
and if I'm watching action personally, I kind of want to like grow out and like dude out and just see like gratuitous violence and feel like fun lines, you know, and see like a good looking dude, like sly, like be ripped and dialed in <laughs> and like have like a gunfight or like a fist fight with another like dialed in dude, like Wesley Snipes, who, like we said, has like martial arts experience, you know? So, yeah, I think for me, it's just too muddled up. It's too, I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about it. Um, and to try and get to like an end point of like a rating, I'll go like two and a half, you know, I'll go two and a half. It's very in the middle for me. It's all right. And I will say, I totally get it. If there's people in like, that's like their stuff, like over the top, goofy, ridiculous stuff from the early nineties and they want to give it five stars or five machine guns. I get that. And that's cool. If that's your thing. But if somebody also told me like, dude, I watched that and it was like trash. It was totally incoherent. I didn't get it. And it's one machine gun. I get that too. So maybe that's kind of why I'm taking like the middle ground of the two and a half machine guns. And uh, thanks for writing that out for me. And thanks for coming <laughs> on my TED talk. That's good. Well, uh, to be honest well, with you, go ahead. I was going to say, well put, but all I'm hearing is that LPJ and I are hanging out with Edgar Friendly and the Scraps. And these two are with Cocteau and wearing the fake kimonos and stuff I'm like not, that. Uh, I'm not too good to eat a rat burger. Yeah, please, I, I, that, rat don't burger, <laughs> that rat burger looked good. I'm not going to lie. I would try it. Please don't put me in a fireplace. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. I could no see, promises. I'll just be honest, Sphinx. I could see LBJ throwing you in a fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> that is not that far-fetched. Uh, uh, you're not wrong. Um, yeah. Yeah. You no, know, I, and to be honest with you, I think AJ's take is probably the correct one to be perfectly yeah, I, honest I, I like i said i this is a two and a half machine gun movie but just because i have so much nostalgia and good feeling goodwill toward it i'm bumping it up to a three yep every time i see this movie i just want to go bowl some strikes <laughs> and, and and it's fair and i'll say too like i'm happy i'm very happy that this movie exists for those people in that way you know and I'm sure for a lot of people, like they had fun with it and they enjoyed it, you know, and like, and that's a good thing. That's like movie magic, right? Like people being able to like separate from reality for a little while and have a good time. So like Demolition Man, like, I'm glad that you exist. I think overall, like you probably are a good thing and a positive thing just for me personally, personal opinion. It, it just didn't click, you know, that's another thing. And like, I wish I would have liked it more. I wish I could have had more fun with it, you know, but for the reasons I said, I didn't know how to feel about it. I just got confused, you know, so it's just not for me personally, but. I'm glad it's there for the people that are into it. But where does it fit in for the other movies that you've covered on the podcast? Was it better than Double Team? <laughs> is man, what would I rather rewatch? I would rather rewatch Double Team. What about now? You were on for Tango and Cash. I was yep. on for Tango and Cash. Was it better than Tango and Cash, or would you rather rewatch that? What? Which of these three movies that you covered would you rather rewatch if you had to? Demolition Man, Tango and Cash, or Double Team? Hmm. I feel like, and like we said, like the like self-awareness of it, I feel like it for me, Double Team is like that <laughs> out there and just embraces the wackiness of it. And also it's like the apologist for Dennis Rodman and me, you know, <laughs> of like feels for the guy. So Double Team's probably gonna get the pick. And I think I think I had the most fun on the Double Team podcast with you guys. Yeah. So I think that was a fun episode. Yeah, it's personal nostalgia for me there, where it's like, yeah, like I had fun talking with the guys about this one, you know. So I don't know if that's so much the movie as the nostalgia factor. Well, it it is a given fact of this podcast that the worse the movie is, the more fun it is to talk about. 
generally when we watch a legit good movie we're kind of like oh, okay but when it's bad there's a lot to say so that makes sense to me so uh excellent all right well i i i honestly don't think we're all of us are that far apart we're really in not. our opinion of this movie we're like really close and we actually all see it in the same way uh lbj and i are just giving it like a nostalgia benefit of the doubt where you guys are able to see through that because you don't have nostalgia for it so it makes sense to me 100 yeah, i agree i agree can i ask one last question sure yeah did you want more demolition <laughs> yes. Like you get the title demolition did. man. D- did you want more like explosions and stuff? The, the title does not really match what you see. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's fair. Like that's yeah. actually uh AJ, you and I talked about in the beginning of the episode. Like, my thought of Demolition Man was gonna be a movie with a shit ton of explosives. Yeah. There's only really two in the very beginning and at the end. Yeah, you're yeah. right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> You want the whole thing to be he just goes around with bombs and blows stuff up? Like, <laughs> no, just that's, throwing bombs and stuff the whole movie? That is kind of what I thought the movie was about. He's, like, driving around in <laughs> construction equipment, like, smashing walls down and stuff. It's like Die Hard with a Vengeance. He's got bombs trapped everywhere, and they're, one person's trying to catch the other or some shit. That's, that's kind of what I thought. But I thought there was going to be some MacGyver in. Like I thought he'd oh, get like, yeah. oh, maybe where he'd need to make stuff blow up. In my mind, it's just I hear demolition, man. So that's what I thought. Oh man, see now that sounds like a great movie. <laughs> you just you heard MacGyver and immediately you were on board with whatever it was. I'm not yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. All right. Anyway. Uh AJ, anything you want to plug? Uh, you know, I don't think I have any plugs on like sci fi AJ on Letterboxd. I, I enjoyed Letterboxd. Anybody that enjoys movies. I would encourage them to use Letterboxd. I think it's a good thing. You can follow people whose ratings you might agree with and see how they read movies, see how they feel about them. So it's a kind of social media, kind of like a login thing. But yeah, um, so not much to plug. And I uh, just uh, appreciate you guys as always having me on. I feel like I get long-winded about the sappy shit. I'm usually, so I'll try and keep it brief this time. But uh, I think that you guys are good guys. I think you guys are quality human beings. And it is my life well spent when I can spend time with guys like you. So I appreciate you guys having me on. I agree with you 100% AJ. I think we think of you the exact same way. Absolutely. Thank you. 100%. 100% agree. It's always nice to have someone who has well-reasoned thoughts as opposed to, you know, the three of us who would sometimes are just like, "Ah, I like it because it's cool. Yeah, you you have these well thought out things, and we're like, oh, wouldn't it be funny? Wasn't it funny when he kicked him in the dick? Like <laughs> that that's us. And then you have these like, so I, I love when you're on because you have these well thought out reasoning and you think about everything, and we're just like, oh, so it's great. <laughs> Boobs. <laughs> it it, it brings some good. it brings some class to our uh, podcast whenever Absolutely. you're on. So I would say so. It. Uh, oh, it's high it's high praise. Sphinx, anything you want to plug? No. Joe, <laughs> anything you want to plug? No, I'm good. All right, cool. I guess I guess it leaves me. Uh, check us out, GameZillaMedia.com. Every Monday, we got new episodes. Uh, and uh, join our Discord. Chat with us. Go to GameZillaMedia.com. Scroll to the bottom of the page. Click the Discord button. And poof, you're on Discord with us. It's great. You can talk to us. It's funny. Yeah. Our last section podcast channel is a is a hot channel these days. There's always stuff going on on the uh, on our channel, so check it out for sure. Yep, absolutely. Um, and um, yeah, that's it. That's all I got. This episode of the Last Action Podcast 
has been terminated. What? We'll be back. <laughs>